Hello, back to the point, coming at you live from Ian's living room in Irvine, California. Uh, welcome back to Back to the Point. We are back recording after several games, some wins for an extended win streak and now an extended losing streak. So we're going to get into all of that today. Uh, my name is Migs, and um, this is Ian right next to me today in person, in the flesh. Hello. Yeah, so uh, things are not very good in Sharks territory right now. We are going through a five-game losing streak. The, the team is really slumping, and it's very uh, distressing. We've had a good night's rest since going to the Ducks game last night to kind of process and evaluate our feelings. So Call, we, call in our hot takes. Yes, <laughs> cool our hot takes. We considered recording last night, but I was tired, and uh, there would have been hot takes and anger. So Yeah. We have the opportunity to look at it from a arrested perspective. So um, I guess let's get into it. So we last like, recorded at the uh, conclusion of the b- conclusion of the Blackhawks game where we won, and then we won. Like, I thought it was the it was on the third. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So I just remember I was very angry about the Bruins. I apologize for yeah. my uh, <laughs> as you should l- be, lack of control. The Bruins are terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we won four games after that and then lost to Florida yeah. and the winning streak was great. The winning streak was good. It was very, some close games. The Winnipeg game comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, won an OT with a glorious finish by Pavelski. That's the second time we've won in the last few seconds counting. Well, Kane's goal was Was tied in in Washington. He tied it against Washington and then Hurdle won it in overtime. And that was what started off. That big streak yeah. afterwards, after the uh, All Star mm. break. Mm. So, love that streak. I think I think a key word for today's podcast is going to be perspective. We need to really <laughs> put things into perspective. And I think Ian and I considered some of the things last night as we were pondering the losing streak. And I think we'll get into that today. But the Sharks are clearly slump- slumping. So I guess mm-hmm. we have to ask why and um, who's to blame. So there's some things that we've come up with and. You know, a big problem, I guess, lately is, uh, you know, the the team's defensive play and the goaltending has not been up to par lately. And there's some behind-the-scenes reasons for that, that that everybody is kind of aware of. But, yeah, the team is not playing defensively where they need to. What, what do you think about that, Ian? Yeah, I think that, I mean, we'll talk more about this, but the amount of injuries our team has gone through. Like we are pretty healthy, I think for the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. And it seems like everything has hit us all at once mm-hmm. right now, which really is testing your depth. And uh, we're lucky that we have NHL caliber defensemen that we have two extra ones that we are basically carrying for the entire season that weren't getting played in Joachim Ryan and Tim Heed. And as we've lost Carlson for an extended period of time, Tim Heed is filled in and, done exactly as you would expect him to. Um, he's playing like the sixth defenseman He's uh, he has the ability to do. He's he's not perfect, but he plays pretty well, makes good choices. He makes defensive mistakes at a rate that you would expect from a sixth defenseman, but he's definitely like worthy of his spot. And right. A lot of teams <laughs> would love to have him. Uh, since Shemek has been down, uh, Joachim Ryan's been drawing in as well, and uh, he has been disappointing yeah definitely and i think that's where we're seeing burns get a bit less dominant right now 
not as many shots through. It feels like I haven't looked at the statistics, but yeah, I don't know what happened between last season and this season, but Ryan is uh, changed. Yeah. I think confidence is a big thing, but like sure. you said, that that second domino falling of, uh, when Shemek got injured, and that's a serious injury. Yeah. I'm going to tell everybody now he's not coming back this season, and if yeah. he does come back this season, that's stupid because he's going to be at like 40 percent or whatever. So, what, what is just, your authority for saying this? Well, I'm a physical therapist, but it's clearly he tore his ACL, MCL is really bad injury. He yeah. should be rehabbing until next season. Anyway. On Instagram, he's posted that he is rehabbing. Yeah. And the surgery went well. And it's really disappointing because everybody yeah. – I don't think he's really had a bad outing that I can remember since he started playing. I'm sure he's yeah. made mistakes here and there. But as far as that defensive partner for Burns, he's kind of what Ryan was last season, maybe better, mm-hmm. right? He play, He has a physical edge to his game. He can yeah. lay hits, but he's really responsible defensively. And – he he can know how to handle himself in the offensive zone. Not that we're looking for him to yeah. to he's score. He's very quick. Yeah, like he makes. Uh, he's quick to accelerate. Quick to. I think that surprises a lot of people too. They were saying um, like uh, Kurz and Baker and some other of the Sharks affiliate people, um, affiliated people were saying that uh, losing Shemek, he was probably the best defenseman on the team in the neutral zone at pressuring play. Mm-hmm. And you just see that, like, he'll be going. And I remember early on in the season, <clears throat> excuse me, early on in the season when he was getting his first games in, uh, there was one where he, like, quickly skated over and, like, really laid a big hit on the side. Yeah. And the player didn't even see it coming. And that, I think, was a really good example of what we have come to love about Shemek after that, is that he will take a pressure – He'll like make a choice to take pressure to the puck carrier and execute it really fast. Yeah. Which is really nice. Um, and I think this kind of dispels the myth a bit that uh, Burns is like a hard defenseman to find a partner for. Because mm-hmm. Shemek and Ryan are not very similar in the way they're, they play and the play style and stuff. Like they're not offensive players which is like maybe a similarity they're they're more like steady defensemen but uh he's had very successful seasons with burns he's had or with ryan with paul martin and with redeem shemek so i think what he really needs is consistency more yeah, that so would, that would make sense yeah i feel like if we really needed to i feel like brendan dillon could be in there but i feel like brendan oh, yeah. dillon if he got a long extended streak in there, he probably could do that. But Brendan Dillon, I think, likes to skate it out of the zone a lot. Mm-hmm. And Burns will just pass it out of the zone from literally anywhere to a breakaway on someone else's yeah, stick. Yeah. So I think there's a bit of a philosophy difference there. Um, so maybe they would learn each other. But uh, Brendan Dillon, the ability for him to skate it out is a very useful asset for like the bottom pairing. Yeah, there's value to Dillon being on a different pairing for sure. sure. And I think I think you could make the argument that Braun and Dillon are their two best defensive defensemen this season. Vlasic's had some struggles. I think he's been better since he came back from that wrist injury. But I do want to say I think you made a great uh, point about Shimmick. I noticed it's really hard to describe that. It's like he's quick, but he plays with like a sudden aggressive energy and his timing is excellent when Mm -hmm. he, like you said, he covers the neutral zone well, 
but it's like he'll pinch to throw hits and everything. But his timing really is so get good that he catches, like you said, he catches players unaware. He times it really well without sacrificing his defensive zone coverage. Mm-hmm. So he was really good, and it's, it sucks that it sucks that he went down because he was the guy that you wanted to have yeah. on that pairing with. He's Burns. like a fourth defenseman, yeah. and the ability to play him and push Brendan Dillon down and some other people like that right. is a big asset. And, and I, he's like really. He's fit. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's and not that big, I think. He seems like small. a smaller skater, but he's probably strong, he, right? I think he I think he has a lot of muscle to him. Uh-huh. Um, so he could definitely throw people around, and that's nice. So it's kind of sad to see him get injured for like a ligament thing on a fall, whereas it seems like based on it's pretty fluky. his build mm-hmm. that he, you know, could take the brunt of, you know, professional season. Like yeah. he's been playing pro in check. His knee was sat on to the point where it drove his knee. It was a contact injury to his knee. Yeah. Anyway, but I you also need more knee muscles. To yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's force. It's your knee's yeah. not supposed to go that way. And when it gets sit on with the knee the foot planted, it's yeah. something you do. Anyway, but I want to say the Without Carlson, the team has probably played, what, about 20 games now considering this hip injury and the prior hip injury, which is probably somewhat related. But the team, you know, when Carlson was out at first and the first few games after Boston, Mm -hmm. the team was fine. The team has been able to play without Carlson. Are they elite, elite like they could be with Carlson? Mm. No, but they played well enough to be a good team to win. Now, with Schimmick going out, it's created a lot of uncertainty Bringing Heat has been pretty good, but bringing Ryan, who, like you said, has been disappointing, mm-hmm. it creates a lot of uncertainty. I think it's probably affecting the team's confidence, especially now that we've gone on a losing streak. So they're not playing with the confidence defensively and probably offensively that they had before. The team has shaken up, not to mention the injuries to the forwards that we've had lately um, or whatever <sighs> other circumstances that have kept Kane, Couture, and Pavelski out for some of these last few games, right? Yeah. So, I mean, even on top of that, like you lose your, like we have Burns to kind of play. Last season, we didn't have Carlson, but we had Burns. Now it's like having two Burnses, basically. Mm-hmm. If we don't have one, like we're still going to be good offensively and, you know, exits and stuff like that. With another one, we'd be great elite, but we still can easily win without him. Yeah. Right. But then you lose like a fourth defenseman style player, like Shemek. And Your replacing depth. him with a sixth defenseman, yeah. that's what Your depth in. is the de- this is where the defensive depth becomes yeah. clear. We're very thankful that they're NHL players for sure, but uh, you know, some teams don't have the ability to, you know, they have to pull out an AHL guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very glad that they have NHL experience, but like replacing a fourth defenseman with a sixth skill defenseman is mm-hmm. not how you're gonna win. I think moving forward, we have to hope that Ryan can learn from his mistakes and start to clean things up. Dude, it seems like every game he, which has he won, hasn't, he has not, he hasn't shown good progress moving forward, which it is seems tough. like every game there's one <laughs> defensive overcommitment, undercommitment, just like what are you doing moment mm-hmm. that leads to a goal or a really good scoring chance. Yes. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, on the flip side, we know he's capable because yeah. he played well last year. Right. And he pushed, Mm-hmm. Paul Martin out of the job. I mean, there was injuries with Paul Martin. In age. And maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe he's just down and playing more stiffly because he knows that he's lost his job and he's really too mentally yeah. thinking about it. 
it's hard to say with the sports psychology type stuff. Yeah. So maybe that's a big part of it. I, I would understand that. So you have to hope that maybe he can go down to his rely, go back to the reliability and play that he had last year. But it's definitely a big question mark. Now you hope Carlson comes back. You won't have to play Ryan, but you mm-hmm. want to have that seventh defenseman available in case anybody else gets injured yeah. into the, into the playoffs, right? He's still better than Middleton. I mean, we don't. Right. Middleton's a question mark. Middleton, he's an Middleton's NHL played player, one, right? Played one game, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like I would take because we haven't tested Middleton, yeah, right, or D Simone. Like we haven't gotten them. They, Middleton has had one game of experience. D Simone, I think, had one game last year, um, but they haven't like gotten you know like a ten game look this year. Yeah. So. At this point in the season, you can't risk putting that in the lineup because mm-hmm. we're not the Lightning and we don't have like a 80 points gap on second place yeah. and the entire NHL. So we can't risk that. Mm-hmm. So we have to go with what we know, even though Ryan is making an excuse and making it potentially making that decision easier if it has to get there. Yeah. So that I think that's concerning, that defensive depth. Mm-hmm. Um, we had great defensive depth. And like you said before, it's great that Doug Wilson didn't just trade Heat yeah. or Ryan. We have those options still, but it's down to like a hair. We don't really have yeah. any we don't have flexibility. Right I mean, we have one degree of freedom when Carlson comes back, but th- mm-hmm. but that's the thing. That degree of freedom in Ryan mm-hmm. is well, he's he's for sure out for Heat. Like I said, Heat, Heat about, has unreliable. Yeah, but the thing is, is like we have those two defensemen in and we have the ability, we still have the ability to win games and they still can log minutes Mm -hmm. for sure. But if we had to put an AHL player, AHL player in there, they, everyone else would get written a lot harder and we would not, we wouldn't be able to play things the same way. Yeah. Like we potentially would not have the ability to be as winning with injuries to our forward core as well, because Mm -hmm. then our forward core and our defensive core would be majorly hit. But right now, our forward core is hit much harder than our defensive core is because the replacements we're playing mm-hmm. have a good amount of NHL experience and like deserve to be in the NHL mm-hmm. instead of people who are like bubbles or just getting a look because they've been doing well in the NHL. Yeah. And I, I think another a- aspect of that for the veteran defensemen, the, the starters who – like if you add one of those AHL defensemen in Middleton or DeSimone in, you don't want your, your starting guys thinking about – covering for the rookie right Mm -hmm. and having to be aware and worry about that you just want them to play their game right Mm -hmm. so that's that's another factor that you have to consider and at least with ryan you know they had a comfortable burns for example has had a comfortability factor playing Mm -hmm. with him you just have to trust that ryan he has the experience he needs to just do his job and execute well and we've yeah. got to hope that comes around anyways he knows knows what he's been doing and he's been with the team the whole season for practice yeah but I think we should talk about the goaltending a little bit because that's something that's definitely been subpar. So let's talk about the starter Jones first. I, I made notes and I'd say I give him, you know, Roman Coliseum, <laughs> Coliseum status thumbs. I, I'm, I'm not thumbs making like a weird, no, a thumbs neutral. Gladiator. Thumbs neutral. I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm making this weird gladiator reference. I saw that. Someone on, someone on Twitter, like, someone had a take. And then they're like, they did the GIF from Gladiator oh, yeah. where he's like, the Caesar is giving like a thumbs down to execute the Gladiator yeah. or not. And then he's like, slightly thumbs up, thumbs down. Maybe I saw that too. And that's where yeah. I'm pulling it from. <laughs> but funny. I would give him a, a neutral thumb right now. Because 
You we can have, start yeah, another game. We, we can, yeah, we can let Jones continue to play. But he, um, the game of Jones continues. Yeah, definitely. So he had he was playing pretty pretty solidly, I think, for that winning that most recent winning streak in the six yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jones has shown, and we were talking about this last night, but he can make that extra save that you need him to make. Yeah. Um, he makes the saves you need him to make, and makes the saves you don't expect him to make, mm-hmm. and occasionally lets in the soft goal, as mm-hmm. with his recent play. Yeah, and. <clears throat> So he was playing pretty well. I think we were just looking at some highlights against Nashville and Vegas. He let in a couple stinkers, particularly that that third Nashville goal. What was he, the one? Yeah, the yeah. the one that you said that he'd stuck out his stick and deflected off of he'd stick into the goal. Yeah, but Jones was just so far out of the crease because he, like you said, he lost an edge or something, but he pushed way too far out. He was gonna get that wraparound scored on him anyway. If he well, no, there. he started his push when the player was like coming. He started his edge. push. He, he started his push in time. He just, he lost his edge and that's mm. a goal. Like the goalie is a position of inches and centimeters and split reactions. And if you lose your edge yeah. like that, then I like, think that's in, your fault. I think an argument can be made though, that he didn't need to start to push when the player was coming around the edge. Right. I'm not sure why he was sliding over. Well, you want to go. Oh, well, he, was well, he came, oh, you mean you mean on the initial stop where he he slid? Well, whoever was coming around that scored. It was Yossi or something like that was coming around the left edge of the net. Yeah, well, you have, sure. to, you have to guard that because if he, he does, doesn't but do he that, doesn't need to slide. He can hug the post at that point and get ready for the wraparound. Right. I think he slid because you can move faster sliding. Yeah, because he, he had to match the speed of the player. Something happened, but that was not a good play. And then that next that against uh, Vegas, right? That third third goal against Vegas, he's hugging way too tight. Marcheseau gets no, a hard he, he corner pushes, shot. Right? He pushes to Marcheseau is coming on Jones's uh, blocker right side. side. He's coming on his blocker side, and Marcheseau goes down towards the wall like straight parallel, and then starts to cut in. So he pushes to his blocker side. And then Marcheseau continues to open up his hips to give himself a shooting angle and just waits him out and then fires it as he sees Jones has just slid too far. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally the tightest angle you could ever score. It was posting in from the far yeah. side. And I was, was amazed that it went in. It was a good shot. And, and it didn't really seem like Jones like, uh, you know, kicked his toe out to yeah. get a better angle. That was a bad goal for sure. Just thinking about it though, when you think the type of goalie Jones is – what, what would you think? Is he a crazy acrobatic goalie? Like, no, like quick sound. Yeah. He's a positional goalie. And so when yeah. you see Jones sliding around and yeah. goals getting mm-hmm. scored on him because he's pushed too far to the side, he's not on his game. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, I don't know. I, I think that it comes down to when the playoffs come around, I trust having Jones in net. He's, he's yeah. been there. And I think if the team can turn it around and get some confidence back in the next, the last seven games of the season here, I think they'll be okay going to the playoffs, right? Now, Dell is another yeah. issue. At Dell right now, like I have confidence in Jones that, like I said, Jones can make the, all the saves you expect him to. He has the ability to make saves you don't expect him to, like a breakaway stop or like a crazy good power play chance for the other team. And he can flash his glove. You can get the toe save, whatever. He's good. He might let in a stinker. And, you know, that's just him having what now we can see is consistently a bad year. It was way worse in the beginning of the year, but there was a lot of variables going on. Mm-hmm. He's picked it up, was playing good for about a stretch of like 10, 15 games, and then, or better. And then since then, you know, 
it, it, he's kind of gone down a little bit. But overall, even when he's playing better, for sure having a worse year than he has in the past. Yeah. But we know that he has – I have confidence in him in order to win games. I have confidence in him in the playoffs. Um, all the pros and everyone say, like, yeah, you can just flip a switch in the playoffs – and I would like to believe them because everyone says that and they've been there. I haven't, but also like you build up habits, right? Mm-hmm. But it's different when you're going 82 game season, your habits, like you prepare for Chicago pretty much the exact same way you prepare for Vegas. You might say Chicago has Kane. Make sure you watch him. Cover make sure him you a give a tighter extra. gap or something yeah. like that. Vegas has Marks to show he he's crafty or Riley, you know, make sure you close the gap or, or push him wide or something like that. Right. But you're not preparing specifically for players. That's just saying, Hey, when they enter the zone, pressure them earlier or something like that. When it goes to the playoffs, you have one goal for the next seven, for the next basically two weeks, right. Mm-hmm. Beat this opponent. You can study and game plan for every opponent in the depth that you simply do not have the ability to, um, you have one thing, you have one team and one opponent on your mind for two weeks straight. Yeah. They, I do believe that they can flip a switch and you can break a pattern because you now have time to solely focus on, Hey Jones, this is a flaw we've seen. Your glove is too low. You need to have your resting position of your glove a little high. Don't over rotate. They have beaten you this way before. Let's practice getting those corrected. Like you have time and I think you can flip the switch. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can change from a hundred to zero, but I definitely think you can very much correct. Yeah. Now going back into Dell, no confidence in Dell right now. <laughs> like, uh, like he, yeah. Last season. Great. People were saying maybe he should start. Don't think that mm-hmm. at all. Um, every time he's gotten extended look at starting some games, he's faltered which is not confidence building. He's an NHL backup for sure, but he has some ways to grow. Um, and right now it's just every time I think we've, I felt like we've started Dell. I do not have confidence in the win to use the same analogy. Dell will stop the saves. You expect him to stop. He will not stop saves. You do not expect him to save like a breakaway chance or like a good power play, whatever. Um, whereas Jones will give you those and like Jones, he lets in some softies. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think it, to there, it just seems like if they're in a good position to score, they're going to score. Yeah. Whereas with Jones, it's like, well, I don't know if they're a good position to score. Jones, Jones very well could make the save. And he does a couple times, but Dell, it's like they're in the center slot and they got a shot. Well, that's a goal. Yeah. And we saw it on all the last games night, last night yeah. in Anaheim, every single goal he should have had a chance to make and he like he didn't even move on a couple of them he was frozen didn't see the puck when he had the ability to it was bad i yeah. think that might have been jones's or uh, <laughs> dell's worst game in a while i i say, i think i generally agree with your assessment i think it might be a little bit more nuanced cuz you know you see dell make those really flashy saves yeah, and to some extent maybe because so. he's so flashy it looks like a more dramatic save than it really is I so agree. he does <laughs> probably make one or two of those saves a game, but it's if you look at Saves it from where you, where you like don't expect him to make it. Okay. But I will say that like if you look at it, if you if you step back and look at it from the perspective of what he's not doing, the goals that he does let in, it's like you you should have made like yeah. one or two of those, right? 
And then that puts us in the hole by a goal or two, right? Um, Especially when you play Anna, whose leading scorer had 21 goals and 56 points. We had like five players who had 56 Mm -hmm. points. And generally, uh, generally he has a sense of unreliability around him, right? Yeah. He's probably let, he's led in what, four goals in his last two starts? Each? Yeah. Where did you start before? Uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. And we won that game. But let him four. Let him four, right? And this is not to say that Jones has been, like we said, Jones has not been amazing later, but we trust that Jones can put it together. Dell. Don't have confidence in him. We have him for another year. We found that out last night. Maybe he has yeah. a bounce back year next year. Because or we're going to pull up Coronar, Coronash. <laughs> Coronash yeah. yeah, and then. Uh, in our hot take room, we were like, trade him. Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of here. Yeah. Oh, wait, he has one more. Confidence. It's weird, though. I was saying yesterday, like, Jones and Dell were the best goaltending duo for the first half of the season last season. Mm-hmm. They were really good. Yeah. Uh, and this year, they're definitely both having bad years. I mean, look at Carey Price. Case in point, like the NHL's best goalie and voted by the players pretty much every year for the past like four years. And then just like took a dump this season. <laughs> and he's like very, very bad. But yeah. did, is he still a good goalie? Yes. Yeah. Is Jones still a good goalie? Yes. Is Dell still a good goalie? Yes. Not as good as Jones, but he's very capable of likely playing to the level – he did last year or closer to that level than where he is this mm. year. It's an extremely difficult job. And for somebody to have a level of consistency year in and year out, it's probably tough. Even yeah. probably the best are going to have down years, right? So. For sure. I will, the last comment on Dell, um, people were giving uh, DeBoer a hard time for starting Jones a lot yeah. during this last streaks. When we went to the Stanley Cup, we had the ability to start Reimer, who was a very solid backup, playing mm-hmm. very well, who allowed Jones to get some rest. Not only right now are we in a tight, you know, division playoff race um, where we want to we want to finish first in the division. It's it's attainable. It might be hard. We want to get home ice. We want to play Vegas at home at worst. Right. Um, but Dell has not inspired confidence to allow Jones to get some semblance of a rest, mm-hmm. you know, which then maybe is a vicious cycle. Going back into Jones, maybe him being overstarted, not allowing him to get the rest he needs to play better for the next for the next yeah. starts. So it's kind of a, a vicious cycle. And Dell, I, my opinion, Dell is a contributing factor to that, which ends up hurting Jones too. I will say uh, I'm thankful for the schedule of the next few games. Oh, we're playing yes. we're playing the Red Wings and the Blackhawks, and there's two days between each of these games. Oh. So I think that's going to help the team a little bit. And there is home, a back to back against Vegas and Calgary, which will suck uh, afterwards. But this is a homestand. This is all a homestand. They're all practice. at home. Though. We get a practice. There's practice. Oh my gosh! They're it's all the first at home. Time we've ever done that. Recover from their flu. Take yeah. the Theraflu. Whatever, whatever, you, <laughs> whatever you need to or do. Just drink some like horse blood or something to give them some yeah. healing powers. Let's let's go through this uh, game by game breakdown of this yeah. these five game losing streak. I don't think we should spend maybe two minutes per game or so. But um, let's go back to the Florida game. Now, mm-hmm. this was probably one of the most understandable losses uh, to start the losing streak. The Sharks had played, what, five games in eight nights? Mm-hmm. And they were coming back home after a road trip to Winnipeg, which is a very intense game. Um, and they lost yeah. to Florida, right? Yeah, we had like four good wins against good teams. Yeah. Or teams that were playing well and – we dropped the fifth one. Okay. We won four out of five games. That's Everybody good. was saying that they were – they looked fatigued. They looked down. They you did. can say they, really they were fatigued. They, down. they went 
to what? What is it? Saskatchewan, whatever. Where's Winnipeg? Winnipeg is in Manitoba. Manitoba. Sorry. Sorry, Canadians. <laughs> uh, You're welcome, Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can understand that they're tired. Florida is probably a good oh, young no. team. I think it's Winnipeg, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. I have no idea. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Florida is probably a better team than they get credit for. They probably had higher expectations. They haven't performed. They're a good young team, right? Mm-hmm. They're coached by Bob Bugner, former assistant coach of the Sharks. They probably have a good defensive structure. Right? Update, I was right. The province is Manitoba. Okay. We're okay. So. Um, yeah, understandable. Four out of five wins, that's okay. Let's chalk that up to an acceptable, acceptable an loss. understandable loss. Yeah. Nashville. Now, this is not too much worse. Yeah. But we see some of Jones' bad play become evident. Like mm-hmm. we said earlier on that goal that he deflected off of Heat's stick. Yeah. Jones is sliding. Yeah. Jones no is not a sliding goalie, right? That shouldn't I mean, be happening. no, it was fair to him to slide. He just made the mistake of not getting his edge to push across. I mean, I... And we, I have we, to see the play disagree. again. That's I disagree okay. that he needs to slide on that particular play. Yeah, he's trying to get across the crease quickly, probably, right? Yeah, but overall, the score was two-two. Shots were twenty-six, twenty-four. Like the Sharks were pretty much in that game. Yeah, and they they were competing. Mm-hmm. And then Jones looks in the bad goal, which hurts. And speaking of speaking of Ryan, you know we. We broke down a play on that first goal. We Ryan spent is, like five minutes before this recording going on YouTube, looking at the highlights and going to 0.25 speed to break down the exact play. We, we had made. some disagreement about what where the player should be, but we yeah. generally agreed that Joachim Ryan was undecided. Yeah. He, he wasn't committing he to anything. It, it left Sissons or whoever scored that backdoor tap in open, right? Yeah, it was... <laughs> Again, like we were saying before, Joachim Ryan seems like once again he's yeah. making a very dangerous mistake. So we're seeing a combination of what we talked about earlier in the podcast of some defensive issues and goaltending issues. Mm-hmm. It becomes evident in Nashville. But the this, the score is pretty much 3-2. We were still And an empty netter, right? And that's when Pavelski – yeah, yeah. Empty netter. Um, we had to go six-on-four power play. Burns has to pinch like he did. He has to continue to play so that we have the ability to score a goal. They get it past them. Arvidsson or whatever has the ability to have an empty net breakaway and scores. Yeah. But then that game was when Pavelski got hit awkwardly into the boards, left the game for a little bit, came back and played and seemed to be okay for the majority of the rest of the game. Yeah. Now, Sharks fans, keep in mind. Nope. Keep in mind, there are a number of factors to consider with this injury. You look at his knee and it kind of harkens a little bit to redeem Shimmick's injury, right? Redeem okay, it, much less, much lower degree of severity because yeah. Shimmick his knee gets sat on yeah. in what we call a valgus positioning of the knee. The knee goes inwards, the hip is out, or the hip and foot are outward relative to the knee. That uh-huh. is gonna that is gonna cause damage to the ligaments of your knee. It should not bend like that, right? You see, you see the angle of Pavelski's knee go similarly. So that uh-huh. clues me into thinking. Pavelski has an MCL sprain or an ACL sprain or something like that. Maybe hurt the meniscus a little bit. So that's one thing to consider. That worries me, and that has worried me for the last few days. But the good thing, though, is that it, this is me not having anything in your he field. came back to play. No. Right? Is that what you're going to say? People can make stupid decisions. Uh, one, he wasn't in writhing pain like Shemek was, so yes. it's not torn. 
I would assume, or maybe a, maybe a sprain is a very very not small necessarily. Tear. Yeah, pain is a very subjective thing. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, cool. You're right. Um, when he fell into the boards, there wasn't points of pressure and force applied to force his like knee inwards, like you're saying, to the valgus yeah. position or whatever. His 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 uh, like ankle and foot were in a position to move freely. So I feel like if they were pinned and then his knee made that same uh, movement, it would could have been worse. Well, the, I think I, I haven't seen the, the replay in a few days. He got shoved and he fell <laughs> into the board on his own. Yeah. So the thing is. And his, and his foot kind of caught below him a little bit. But he was in the air. So him. I would say that that injury, it's not a contact injury because there's not an external load like falling on his yeah. knee. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But that's not. A lot of ACL tears, for example, happen with people who plant and cut and their knee twists inwards in the ligament strains. Oftentimes, Shall we the, take a slight moment to talk about why Timo Meyer did what he did? Yeah, no, no, hold on. I want to get this skill through. And oftentimes on a straight knee in hockey, you know, the thing is I disagree a little bit because with the edges of a skate blade, yeah, you can you, get caught on the yeah. ice a little bit. So I wouldn't say his knee was freely – with the way his edge was – it probably got caught a little bit. It drove his knee into that position, and that can lead to a strain sprain type injury. Probably right? still better than someone loading. I will say, like I said, pain is subjective, but he wasn't in a whole lot of pain. Yeah. He 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 wasn't limping noticeably. Yeah. He was able to skate the second and third period. Yeah, he's and he, taken and he several days too. off. And he has been skating, right? Yeah. If you're dealing with a full tear, you have instability in yeah, your you knee, can't do that. and it's not comfortable, right? Especially if it's a it's new <laughs> injury where there's going to be pain and swelling, right? Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. Now, he could have had some sort of steroid injection that they might have already given him that's going to suppress that inflammatory athlete. response. He has that and that's, that's, you know, that's something that they're doing to manage his pain so he can yeah, play, right? Sure. But I suspect that there's he, he probably could play for it. Now, the thing is, we talked about this the other day. If Pavelski has some sort of injury that he can play through with the style of play that he is, he's not a great skater anyway. If he can still play his mental game, he'll probably still be at 90, 90 something percent capacity of what he needs to do to help the team. If he gets a few days of rest, maybe he can come back. Right. Do I necessarily condone playing with an injury like that? Hey, it's a priority thing, right? Yeah. That's the, his contract. If that's that person's goal to win the Stanley Cup and that's a priority, that's their prerogative, right? That's fine. Um, yeah, and I, I, along with what you're saying, like if Pavelski took like a wrist injury, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like for Pavelski, wrist and hip and shoulder and arm are like the most protected area. Yeah, and then like you look at someone like Shemek, whose skating is like really important to them. Yeah. It's like maybe well, a knee is worse to him. Skating is important for everybody, but oh, to the sure, extent sure, that like sure. you can still skate what you need to do. Yeah. I mean, hips are really important for oh, hockey for skate, sure, for hockey. Sure. Hockey players, what am I saying? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we saw that last year. He had the thumb or hand injury and it yeah, affected his game, totally. probably, right? Yeah. Now let's let's bring up the Timo thing. So because it was the national game and stupid fine, subjective. Yeah. So whatever. What happened? What happened in that play? He's reaching over to try and get over somebody. Yep. To me, if they want to call him for holding, like I would have been fine with that. It's yeah. kind of he's really reaching to try and get it past that player. You could say that he's trying to draw interference because the player's in the way. Which, but, is, which is what they called. They called him for embellishment, and then they called Yossi for interference. And it's to me, it's just like it should just be one or the other mm-hmm. unless 
you know, someone like wax your foot and then you fall on the ground and like writhe in pain. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe then you can call both. But if it's not like crazy blatant, then mm-hmm. why would you call both? Mm-hmm. It should just be one or the other. Yeah. And my, Timo said, you know, there's a reason why I twisted like that because mm-hmm. my knee in that situation, I could get hurt if I don't do that. And I think he understands That's his right. body. That's an excellent environment. I saw the replay yeah. after after I read that quote. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm obviously affected by that bias mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. But yes, and especially the, as like he's on a stiff too. knee. Yeah. He's on one skate. Planted. If yeah, like and we talk about that planted on the edge. With an if external he doesn't, force. If he doesn't twist like that, he risks straining his knee. Totally. And so he twists like that. The yeah. the NHL who doesn't have that I don't know. They, they can't see this very clearly. They would just fine him for embellishment. Cause they're like, he flopped, he twisted. It's like, yeah. if he doesn't do that, he risks an injury potentially. Yeah. And, and then said, they fine him $2,000. It was just ridiculous. And like, yeah. g- give me your take on these whole fines for embellishment. I also like that. He, he said, yeah, I have a choice here. I can like take that and risk da- risk injury to my knee or I can like twist like I did and prevent an injury to my knee. Yeah. He's seen enough knee injuries on the sharks to know that he needs to save his knees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean the, the amount of the fine is, is whatever. That's a CBA negotiated. Thing. It's a principal thing though. Yeah. It's a principal <laughs> thing for sure. And uh, I appreciate that. He said that he's, he's going to um, stop that. He's going to contact the league. He said, he's like, I have a choice here. I can either risk injury to my knee or I can twist my body like that to avoid injury. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I'm going to talk to the league about that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, good for you, Timo. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the $2,000 won't matter to you, but, um, but then, yeah, you're on a list of like known embellishers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably going to get calls colored against you um, in negative ways. Like, Goudreau can get anything he wants if he just looks at the ref and someone like <laughs> came by him and breathed on his wrists. They're like, oh, slashing. You're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, Mr. Goudreau. Sorry. Johnny, that is. Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Hockey. Hockey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, the thing that's really frustrating is you see embellished like high sticks and trips all the time. Mm-hmm. Like literally like almost frame for frame reactions of like what people hate about soccer, you know, like, oh, well, he dove just to get the card to get a free kick. Right. And you see them go and then someone goes in for a sliding tackle and then they stop moving their feet and then fall. Yeah. You see that almost like once a week mm-hmm. in the games when tripping penalty is taken, they, they easily go down way easier than they need to. And like on the broadcasting of the Sharks, they call that out all the time. Yeah. And you can see them stop moving their feet and then just fall. It's like call that as well as what Timo did. Like you should call it and then, you know, hear Timo out and then maybe appeal it or not. Like that's okay. Whatever. The part that I don't like is that there's a track record associated with it. So he's not on some like list now. Whatever. Yeah. What I don't like is that the blatant things that happen every single game, like, oh, you had a a slash on the top of your shaft, like a foot away from your hands. Then you go, oh, and then like shake your hand. It's like, what is that? Or someone yeah. like high sticks in front of your face, doesn't make contact. And then you go, oh, and throw your head back. What is that? Yeah. Or you stop moving your feet when you get tripped to draw the tripping penalty. It's like, that is an embellishment that you want out of the game. Mm-hmm. Someone flinging their body around to save their knee. It's like, even when it happened, it didn't look that bad. Yeah. Like I love Timo and he can do no wrong. So maybe I'm biased here, You are, but like, it wasn't like crazy. Yeah. You know, he was, it looked like he was trying to go around 
uh, Yosef. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get it on his skates. And like, okay. To so me, I just wish there was consistency, just like with the headshot stuff. Yeah, to me, if you find a player or you suspend a player, it's setting a precedent. That's that's yeah, what this is about. Exactly. That, you're setting a precedent that, that whatever type of behavior or actions taken by the players are unacceptable. Headshots, dangerous hits, risky, risky maneuvers, embellishment, things that aren't sportsmanlike. You, you dole out these fines and suspensions to set a precedent. The precedents that the NHL, that the NHL uh, Department of Player Safety, and I guess, the, I don't know, the fines are from the league itself. Right, maybe, yeah. <clears throat> the precedents that they're setting this season, there's a whole lot of inconsistency and the messages that they're sending and not sending mm-hmm. are terrible. Like yeah. the league and, and the, the Department of Player Safety, their priorities and their understanding of what's going on is abysmal. Like they, yeah. they're terrible at the jobs that they should be doing. The precedents that they're setting mm-hmm. are the inconsistency is just baffling. It's like you should be finding players for other things, you know? Yeah. yeah, they get it right a lot of the time, but the things that they're missing a lot of times are are terrible, right? They don't get it right a lot of the time. Yeah. They miss that. Yeah, they do they miss, miss it things. more they than miss they get things. it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will say, why are they hiring like X enforcers? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you hiring X Lady Bing players or whatever, you know, like the gentleman mm-hmm. award or whatever? Like, why isn't it a committee of three? Yeah. You know, like, why is it one person's will that's imposed that also like changes very frequently? Mm-hmm. Like that position gets a lot of hate. Also, no why why does necessarily an X player need to be in that role? Yeah, I would love to have some sort of like medical professional. Yeah. Player with context mm-hmm. and then independent party. Mm-hmm right form a trio and then make those decisions and that's your job yeah right like why can't you do that it's not one person's will being imposed you get the contacts from a player you get the contacts of a medical professional about oh well his head snapped back or it didn't but he still drove through the head or he drove through the knee why is that bad blah 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 Mm -hmm. stuff like that that is provided on like why why can't you do that? And then have a third voice just to break ties. And for all we know, maybe it is like the, it is no, the Department not. of Player Safety. It's we can one assume, person. Well, we can assume that it's George Perros making all who, decisions. Who also makes the is final an ex player <laughs> who played for a team, therefore <laughs> immediately has biased questions in it. It's yeah, like yeah. if you are an ex player who played in the NHL, why on earth are you allowed to make decisions that affected the team you played for or not? Yeah, so we that can assume, stupid. but we can assume that the decisions come down to him. To what degree, I don't really know. But whoever is making these decisions, they're doing a bad job, yes. in our opinion. And most people's opinion. Anyway, that was a big, <laughs> big uh, side story. Anyway, let's go back to these games. So, Vegas, this was probably one of the most frustrating losses. Mm-hmm. And I would say just where the losing streak. You get to three games. This is where it streak. started to turn into a uh, we're playing poorly. Yeah, this is bad. Guys, this get it together, yeah. right? Now at this point, the injuries. Pavelski, Pavelski is out. Kane. Kane is back. Is he back at this point? I don't remember. Anyway, Kane has a traumatic life event. You know, so. we won't get into that much today, but he's dealing with some stuff. He's off his groove from when he was playing before and scoring like a goal per game. He was doing excellently before. And then Vegas does to us what they have done to us yeah. as per usual, also, which is very frustrating. Real, real fluky goals. Yeah, that first Carlson goal was what was that ridiculous? And that was like right after Couture had just scored. Yeah, too. 
And if they wouldn't have given out that fluky goal, it would have been the rare occurrence where the Sharks score against Vegas like really early and then don't get scored against right away, mm-hmm. which would be nice. Not and, like Vegas's style of play is to force errors, but not that kind of error. Like he lost the stick and Couture accidentally flung it back onto his stick mid deke. Mm-hmm. Like the skill that required to coordinate that is like stupid. Not only does Marcheseau somehow get the pass off through the neutral zone by being covered by like yeah. two players. Mm-hmm. But Carlson gets like a direct feed back to his stick from Couture when he lost, lost the puck. Yeah. Uh, Vegas drives me crazy because they, they force they, mistakes. They and, force then you, mistakes. And, and then the goal, and then you look at the final score and you're like, well, that was a fluky goal. And that was a fluky goal. It's like their whole style of play is to force mistakes yeah. and turnovers and then capitalize them immediately. They, th- you have to give them credit. They work super hard. They play really intensely, mm-hmm. and they they create stuff. But the rate at which they create like fortunate bounces for themselves mm-hmm. seems so like astronomically mm-hmm. unlikely that they get all these fortunate bounces whenever we play them. It's like yeah. the rate at which you like are playing hard and skilled, and you force turnovers and you force things to happen. It's like great. It's going for you great. Mm-hmm. But I don't see how that, like, statistically can be it's, sustainable it's, over it's years. The whole thing. Like, it's no, no, ridiculous. It's, but it's not flutes. It's their style of play. Gerard Glant is a great coach. And the thing is, is they had a style of play in mind and then they chose every single person on their entire roster, everyone on their entire roster, to fit that mold. So when they lose someone they come back in, there's no drop-off. Dude, I agree. It's like the, it's like the adage of, like, I agree. They, the way they play is great for making that stuff happen. Mm-hmm. The adage of like you have to work hard to create those chances, but mm-hmm. yeah, those chances happen sometimes out of like they say out of ten attempts that you do to work hard and make stuff happen. Maybe like three or four times you get that. For them, it seems like seven or eight times out of those ten chances, yeah, they get something going their way. Right? I mean, I, I what what bothers me is that people have like this false dichotomy. They have this dichotomy in their head that. We want to play like Vegas does, you know, quick strike offense, very creative, the offensive zone, right? But then when we say, yeah, we need people who are defensively responsible and do well in the, in, in the neutral zone and don't make mistakes, right? We want people who have offensive ability, but then also you need to not make mistakes because people making mistakes are what powers Vegas's engine, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to play like Vegas, Vegas doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They are locked down defensively Mm -hmm. and their defensive core they're like okay they're not great Mm -hmm. like their best player is nate schmidt who's like not very good Mm -hmm. he's like okay but he's not like an all-star player or something like that maybe he went to the all-star game but like when people would rate him they wouldn't consider him to be well no what's what's their young d-man uh theodore shay theodore yeah whatever i don't think he's that good um but the whole thing is, is it's all a lot of their play comes in the neutral zone and the forwards generating the entire, almost the entire system comes from the neutral zone, pressuring pucks and um, just forcing the play. And, and you can't say, let's play like Vegas, have a running gun offense, and then say, I don't care if they make mistakes. I just want them to put a lot of shots on goal. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, the mistake-free hockey and pressuring people mm-hmm. in the neutral zone and solid play is fundamental to Vegas' style. Yeah. But I would say, you know, a microcosm of what I was talking about of that rate of 
fortunateness, I guess. Yeah, a yeah, fortune. Yeah. A good microcosm of that is William Carlson last season. Yeah. He was scoring on 25% of his shot attempts. Yeah. That's a ridiculous, unsustainable rate. Unsustainable you know? for him because he's not Ovechkin, right? Ovechkin probably shoots at like 18. Yeah, because he always takes one tires from, no, from the he, right circle, yeah, right? I mean, from the left stop. circle, right? Yeah, so the part, of that, part of that, think yeah. about the playoffs, it's like their they're like team of destiny-ness has like rubbed off. Their angel dust <laughs> has gotten away, and uh-huh. now it's just – Teams know who they are. Teams know that they're going to be game. Like when we saw in that Vegas series, like we were we were trading wins, and whoever won won by like a lot, mm-hmm. right? So if we can if we can game plan them again, like we know how to beat them. Yeah, we need we just to need just tighten things up and, yeah. and play our game, play good neutral zone. If you don't yeah. give them turnovers to capitalize on, they don't have sustained zone pressure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to force them to not allow that, that fortunate. Occur, those fortunate you get to be really tight in the neutral zone because uh-huh. if you're loose in the neutral zone, they will cause a turnover, they will strip, and they will get a rush chance. Yeah. Score. So some of this is Vegas game, you know. Yeah. They got a couple like outside of how they force stuff. They yeah. got some extremely lucky stuff. Too. They did. They did that Carlson goal, the yeah. tight angle by March. So there were some yeah. other factors. That, soft goal by that interference call on Haley. You know, people are hating on Haley right now, but gonna, that call. That call was questionable, and then it mm-hmm. leads to them going up two one. Then they go up three one. Yeah. Um, I will say this maybe this maybe brings up another point in this losing streak. The Sharks haven't necessarily been bad offensively. They've probably been averaging to this still, point. To this point, they were not. Yeah, they've probably been average. They've been averaging two or three goals, which isn't great. It's mm-hmm. not like they've been scoring zero or one goals per game. Yeah. But I think their confidence in this losing streak. They're not playing the rhythm of offense that they're so good at mm-hmm. like they have been, right? And that's yeah. affected them negatively. Anyway, that Vegas game sucked to lose to Vegas. It was a combination of a number of bad fu- uh, factors. That's where, like you said, it starts to get turning bad. Now, the Kings and the Ducks, these were bad losses. These are the garbage teams of the Western Conference. Now. No, Kings, garbage team of the NHL. Of the NHL, yeah. yeah. That was – we had a 2-1 lead – we make a terrible five man against the half wall committing, <laughs> leaving Kopitar wide open yeah. and they score like any player to on the take team, the lead. just not Kopitar. just a collapse in the third period. Yeah. Not to admit, And then that's the, the offense, the offense not getting it done to, to make yeah. a buffer on our lead at two one. Yeah. That's they, a we, failure. We like the first period, totally mm-hmm. not playing well. Mm-hmm. The end of the first started to play over, play well. Second period we were playing well. And I remember thinking to myself, we're playing well and we're dominating right now, but it's still like two one sharks yeah, leading. But they were like you said, we don't they score, the it's going to go very bad. Yeah, and then they it's got one of those goals. things where we don't like where we are at. Just two one. This is not looking like a good situation. Yeah. The team is not in a confident position, and there it goes. They lost the lead. They lost the lead. They tied three two. Very soon after, yeah. they looked like they couldn't get back into it. They were done. Yeah, Pavelski being gone really affects how we generate offense. Yeah, we and- can get the breakouts and exit our zone, but entering their zone on the other side of the mm-hmm. neutral zone, Pavelski enters with possession a lot. Mm-hmm. We really saw us struggling to do that against the Kings. And maintaining and, possession, too, in yeah, the offensive and the, zone. And the Ducks. 
was basically, I mean, do we need to spend a lot of time on that? It was basically no, the no. same thing as the Kings, except for we got a point. But in principle, you know, the, I don't know in principle, but, you know, the the injuries, Couture is out against the Kings. Yeah. It's really hurting us at this point. Yeah. We, and the we had Radeal playing... at the second line center for that game. Like, yeah. sorry guys, that's not going to go well. It could, Kane played center of that game too. But oh, nonetheless, yeah. we had the lead. Despite our injuries, we should have beaten the Kings. Last night against yeah. the Ducks, you could say the second of a back-to-back. The lack of confidence continues. We were always chasing. Missed opportunities on offense. Couture hit a post and he missed a wide open net. Timo hit a post too? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Timo might have had a good chance He too. had a couple of chances that he was mad about. I remember him trying to like motioning, breaking his stick on his knee and whacking the boards with his stick coming off yeah. twice. There were a couple bad officiating things, missed penalties against the Ducks. But yeah. we still had like four power plays and could only score on one. Yeah, power plays were The power bad. play looked really bad. It's just – Worse and worse. It's just not good. Okay. Couture, not very healthy. We have to end this in six and a half minutes. But let's talk about this a little bit. Let's let's bring it back into perspective. Mm -hmm. On the end of that winning streak, when Mm -hmm. we lost to Florida, they had said this was the fifth game in eight nights. Now the Sharks have gone on to play another four games. Four games in another eight eight days, days, right? The, there's a fatigue factor here For sure. towards the end of the season. That is nine games in 16 days. That is one game yeah. more faster than one game every two days. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You can't do that at the very tail end of your season. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of injuries coming out. Is that due to the travel schedule really taking its toll? Like maybe, who knows? A lot of, some of these things are kind of fluky, but like. Three of those losses were at home though. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, still, you're coming off of travel, so you have like a day. At it's home. a lot it's of not, games. It's yeah. a lot of games. Probably not a lot of practice. Do we ever practice? Yeah. yeah. But that's one layer. The other layer is what we've talked about. These injuries are really hurting us. Yeah. You don't really losing Pavelski is huge. Yeah. Couture even last night was playing not a hundred percent because he had the flu. Kane is probably still struggling to get back to where he is. Mm-hmm. The defense, you know, there's that reliability issue. The goaltending as well, right? So there's a lot of things going on here. Now, yeah. throughout throughout the we didn't say that, but throughout the Vegas Kings and Ducks games, goaltending has started to trend back to what it yes. was in the beginning of the season. Been very poor. Yeah, and for like both the, Dell and the defensive, Jones. we talked about some of the defensive things. The mm-hmm. the team is not playing tight defensively. Brody Brazil always likes to say it's going to go as far as their defense takes them. Definitely, of course, we're going to need to tighten up defensively in the playoffs. Now, perspective. Moving forward, there's seven games left. Mm-hmm. I believe six uh, six of those games. No, sorry. Five of those remaining games are at home, I believe. Are there eight games left? Or s- I think there's seven. Yeah. Anyway, most of those games are at home. We have two days off until the Red Wings, two days off until Chicago. Those are games we should win. Yeah, right? we need to get a win anyway hopefully people are more healthy at that point hopefully carlson can come back for a few games before the end of the season yeah we're at the point where now you want to get carlson assumes is good enough to play he said if we had to start if i had to play right now i could he said that he said he like if there's a playoff for today i would be playing right but they're trying to get him as healthy as possible yeah we're in the kind of a time range now where you want to get him back into the game to get him used to game shape getting used to style play teammates used to him or before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go, oh, you haven't played for 20 games? More or less, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, play play game, playoffs versus Vegas round one. Yeah. First game back. Like, they're going to get him some games back, and we're probably getting close to that point. Mm-hmm. He traveled with the team on this road trip 
with uh, Los Angeles and Anaheim. So I think we probably could see him in the next two or three games. Mm -hmm. Also looking Maybe at the four. standing last night, at least we got one point in the overtime loss to mm -hmm. Anaheim. Yes. So that puts us six points ahead of Vegas. Which is That's not really great, hard. but coming up with the schedule, we have some game, very winnable games. It should be very doable to yeah. maintain at least second. And if we do really well mm -hmm. and Calgary slumps a bit, there's a chance we can still one win first Especially in the Especially at the end of the, the season where we're going to be playing Calgary and Vegas back-to-back. -back. Yeah. We can win those games. We can put Vegas out of reach to yes. second place. There's some four-point games coming up. Yeah. Also, for Vegas overtaking us, we're getting to the point now where they need to win out and we would need to, like, drop a lot of games in a row mm -hmm. in order – like, basically, if we keep winning at the same rates, we're going to be locked in, right? They yeah. have to win at a higher rate than we win in order to pass And I us. don't see – I don't know about you. I don't see us – continuing this lose, losing streak to 10 games. I think, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. That would be terrible. That would be very bad. We're going to assume they're not going to do that. And we we saw the Sharks go into the playoffs limping last year. They played pretty well, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm confident that the team can turn this around, get healthy as best as we can. That should be a priority, and they'll be okay. Yeah. One other thing. We have two and a half minutes, but Burns for Norris – this Burns for be... Norris, Timo for 30. Two away, boys. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Two away. He can do it. He can do it. Burns has not been a de defense. He, he's made a mistake here and there. Every defenseman does. He hasn't been a defensive liability. He has the most points out of every defenseman in the NHL. No other defenseman probably drives his team as much as he does. Mm -hmm. He's covered for when Carlson has been out, who is also a game-changing defenseman. Mm -hmm. This guy is ridiculous. Hedman, Hedman is a great defenseman too. You got to give him credit. But he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He has forwards galore. He will pad his stats with points, probably, right? Yeah, you they score a bajillion goals. And he's Burns, a part of that. But Burns drives offensive play in a very unique way. Yeah. He, and he's good defensively this season. I think Burns should win the Norris Trophy. He's not getting attention. Oh my gosh. Nikita Kucherov has 120 points, which is like the same amount of points as that their team has yeah. in the standings. Gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, Burns is at 77 points. He's already, I believe, passed his career. He just broke the record, which I think he set at 76 like a season or two ago. Yeah, he set it at season for defense 76, points in 2016, 2017. He's at 77 with seven games left. He could he, he could reach 80. How many goals does he have? 12, 13? He has 13. That's good. That's mm -hmm. still good. He's, yeah, he's at an all-time. It's all not 29. <laughs> he's passed his uh, record assists, a career-high assists by nine. Um, yeah, if he, if he wins, it's literally just going to be because a lot of the Professional Hockey Writers Association are Canadian team-based or Canada-focused. Which about Weidman? No, no Hedman's not going to win. It's going to be It's going to be Riley Giordano. or Giordano. I think Riley's kind of the the Leafs have kind of faded. I think it's going to be has, Giordano. Yeah, twenty goals. But if if man. if Burns doesn't win, which he should, it should be Giordano. That's a travesty. Should not happen. Yeah, I don't know about a travesty, but it's a Burns for Norris. Burns for Norris. Anyway, uh, this has been a fun podcast. Mm -hmm. We have to cut it out now. Um, Sharks fans, try and be optimistic. This is a really good team. It's probably one of the best teams we've ever had. Yep. Um, let's be optimistic moving forward. Try and get healthy. All right. Yep. So signing off, this is Migs. And this is Ian. And this is back to the point. And go Sharks. And go win, 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 win. Sharks. Now. Go Sharks. Win. Timo's go 30.